0: Hey Limpters, Katie here giving you a heads up about the audio quality, which will come as no surprise at this point. We are a work in progress and uh, figuring out this audio quality thing as we go along. We had a major dropout at about uh, four minutes into the broadcast, so you'll hear that the quality of my voice uh, changes drastically at about that point, and then we get back into Heather's and my discussion. So I just re-recorded some of the information that I had given when we were talking live but was unintelligible in the recording. Thanks for sticking with us we will get the hang of this and until then enjoy the episode The LMTP Low Man on the Totem Pole Podcast. We're your tough love work friends, talking you through your workplace woes and spurring you on to your own personal career highlights reel. I'm your co-host, corporate trainer, and the only one on your team actively excited to be in the meeting, Katie McDonald. And here's your host, coaching and development consultant, author of Low Man on the Totem Pole. Stop begging for a promotion. Start selling your genius. And the one bringing the BDE into that meeting, Heather MacArthur. How you doing, Heather? <laughs> i'm good how are you <laughs> that's the meeting i want to be in where you're all right i'm
1: excited i want to be in that meeting <laughs> <laughs> and i love meetings
0: all right <laughs> well- Welcome to the show. So if you've joined us previously, you know that we are walking listeners through strategies, uh attitude changes, ways that they can change the way that they are uh, that you are taking hold of your career whether you are operating as a consultant, looking for a new job, looking to change up the energy in the job that you currently have, uh finding your purpose in the roles that you uh that you play at work, at home, everywhere really, but we're uh, we're looking at how that goes in your career. And uh, starting today, I don't know, Heather, if you had anything off the top that you wanted to talk about.
1: Uh, You know what? I've just been getting hit by so many people uh, asking for help with their resumes. And so I I think it's one of those to get started. It's just people. It's something that shuts people down from even thinking about their job. So uh, let's talk about that. Fantastic. Um, I actually have also been inundated
0: with uh, resume revamp requests which, truth be told, is one of my favorite things because I love finding opportunities to uh, tell stories about my dear friends and brag on them through their own resumes uh, in their, <laughs> uh, in their professional development uh, and career. So... One of the things I uh, automatically do when I'm looking at somebody's uh, resume, I have to be aware, and I hope that everybody is aware that with the, uh, with the onset of LinkedIn, ZipRecruiter, all of this uh, automated resume parsing, there are, uh, probably dozens of bots, dozens of resume parsing software systems that are taking a look at your CV before it ever uh, gets looked at by human eyes. So just to be aware, while you are searching for that new opportunity, whether it's a career change or a job in a field that you're already working in, uh, it's really important to make sure that you have your resume front-loaded so that you do get it in front of the person that eventually interviews you. So I have a tip that is the very first thing that I do for everybody uh, whose resume I start sprucing up, and that is to look at the keywords for the career that they either want to continue to advance in or a career that they're transitioning and switching into. So this does two things for me. Uh, First of all, it gives me a lot of insight into the uh, different aspects of career paths that I had never previously thought about. Uh, So I get some exposure and uh, learning opportunities. But also, those keyword terms are vital in making sure that the uh, resume parsing software Gets your resume in front of the hiring manager that is looking to fill the position that you've applied for. So the trick is this. As you're editing your resume, uh, before you really dig into the meat of the uh, contextual changes you're going to make to the narrative of that resume, uh, open at the very end of your document a text box that is going to essentially be your warehouse for all keywords related to the career that you're interested in moving into, whether it's an advancement of your own career or a a big career change. So as you come across keywords, whether or not they fit elsewhere into the narrative that you're crafting in your resume, make sure to uh, dump those in bullet point format or just type them out or copy and paste them straight into that Word doc. They don't have to make grammatical sense. You're not formulating sentences. These uh, words just need to be in the document document for those resume parsing bots to be able to uh, pick them out and get them in front of the hiring manager who will physically be reading your resume. Uh, so as you uh, go through and tailor your resume, make sure that you uh, you dump those keywords in there. There are, depending on the career that you are, uh, that you're looking to advance in, entire websites dedicated to the concept of uh, big keyword downloads. So you might come across one of those when you do a Google search for, you know, uh what does an outreach manager do? Uh, You might find an example of many, many keywords and buzzwords associated with that particular role. Uh, Then you just uh, copy and paste those and put them in. Once you are done compiling all of the keywords that you want to have in that background little uh, secret document, go to the text box itself, and uh, start changing with the format so the format tab in word will allow you to take away the border and make sure that the uh, the background of your text box is the same color as the background of your document or no background uh, which makes it blend in even more seamlessly make sure to change the text color of all of the text in your uh, text box to the same color as the background of your document so that it is not uh, picked up by human eyes even though the resume parsing bots will find all of those words next you will uh, in Word take that uh, that text box and send to back, and also in the uh, formatting for where it sits, rather than you know some sometimes the text uh, text box the alignment is. Um, you know, align tight or align within text, you're going to align behind text. That way, it actually sits behind uh, the rest of the your actual text and your narrative that you've put in your CV. Then you can manipulate it and move it around wherever you need to within the document.
1: Uh, I love that. Such a good hustle. I've never (laughs) heard of that. I dig that. (laughs) We've got to be smarter than the machines, right? (laughs) I dig it. Now, you know, if you don't mind, I'm going to jump in with a little bit of uh, a tip that I think maybe steps out before that Um, because as what I just a little side note I I see people when they're looking for the jobs that they want they start off and they look for only the jobs that they think they can get so just Mm. I love that as you're going through the different jobs that you're kind of collecting the words what I recommend is start with find your at least three a-list jobs that you'd really like so don't limit yourself by what you think you can get or even geography, but find three A-list jobs for whatever reason and pull some of the words from that. Keep copies. i like keep the links to those three A-list jobs. And then a B-list job, which is not as great as the A, but it's still within your wheelhouse and you enjoy the, you enjoy the company or something. And then the C-list job, which is the, this is the thing that I know I can get a job at. It'll pay the bills. And if I have to, I'll do it. But what you're really shooting for is the A or B. That way, the words that you're collecting Align not just with the job you can get, but also the job you'd want.
0: Oh, I love that. And that fits back with what we talked about in the first episode, that A, B, and C level, uh, those those three types of jobs, what you know you can do and make your money at doing, what would be a little bit of a stretch for you, and what is your dream job that you may not have the skill set for yet, but you're ready to roll in there. Yeah, absolutely. And yeah, because it is an invisible box... Uh, You have free reign to put whatever keywords in there are going to get you in front of the person that uh, holds the key to that position, whichever one of those tiers it sits in. So really, the sky's the limit. You can put whatever you need to in that text box. Nobody will see it. You're the only one that knows it's there. It's uh, kind of a cool little uh, magic trick that you can do with your own resume.
1: Freaking genius is what it is. I love it. I love it.
0: Well, what do you think? This is, that's kind of the, uh, the, been front of mind for me. And I know as a lot of people uh, are looking out there for, uh, for new positions, either because there's some downturn in some specific industries, especially around Orange County uh, out here where we're located. And also, the economy is such that there are some pretty amazing opportunities right now. If you're sitting in a job that you've been bored with for the last couple of years or that just is not challenging you, there's I have a lot of friends that are transitioning into brand new career paths um, that are kind of fascinating and this is a perfect opportunity to start sprucing up your resume when you don't need to, when you are not actively concerned about the job hunt is a great time to really shoot for that sky's the limit, a level job.
1: I agree. I mean, I think it's, it's a little bit like shut for the car before your car breaks down. <laughs> right. Uh, like <laughs> then you're not desperate and you're not kind of set up for, and I mean, I, I think there's something to even knowing how to spruce up your resume, because if you have an internal job that you might be applying for, it's just good to be in the practice of it. But I, I go with now the look and feel of the actual resume. Um, I've got like three major things that I call out for people. One is, drop the mission statement. The whole my mission is this. It's it's kind of tired. It's a little old. What I love to look for is a quote, a quote like your not someone else's quote, your quote on what you'd say about the field that you're trying to work in or the field that you love. So you know if I'm working with somebody who's in finance. I talk to them a little bit. I try to understand, like, why did they love finance? What do they believe about it? And then I pull from that a quote. And, you know, one might be like, you know, finance is half art, half science. Um, but it's the thing that keeps the company afloat. Like, whatever it is, I want something authentic. But this way people get, a, I put it in quotations right below the person's name and information. So it's a instead of the mission statement, it's a quote. And right off the bat, you get a little bit of your personality. And, and that's what I think people forget. It's not supposed to be just a history a chronological order of where you worked and what you did it's a marketing piece you're marketing your business so how do they get a little sense of who you are and then what i do is at the top then list the key skills uh in bullet format you know just kind of you know even nine skills across across the front that are really the things that people should pick you for that you think stand out and these can be some of the words that you put in that text box right uh, that you want to put first and foremost We're moving away where before the thing that made you the most marketable was years in service. Mm. That's not the case anymore. It's more about talent. It's more about capabilities. And so putting that up front kind of lets them know, here's the stuff to really consider me for. Then –
0: yeah. Yeah, go ahead. No, it's fantastic that you say that. Just as an aside, I actually was helping a friend's nephew craft his uh, straight out of school resume for a corporate marketing strategist. Uh, He's he's a fantastic photographer. He's just got an eye for art. And when I was talking to my friend about what her nephew does, he was like, yeah, he mentioned to me the other day and it just stuck with me. He says, I I just I want to bring art to business. I want to make sure that art and business merge. I'm like, well, that is going at the top of the resume. Right. Yeah.
1: <laughs> well, and that's and that's oh, I love that. Um, I and that's that's the kind of thing. It's like it makes it makes you stand out. And I think people are trying, you know, so hard to let me, you know, list every little thing that I ever did. And I'm like, mm. no one's really reading it. Instead, it's you know that quote. Who am I as a person? Kind of what might show up, and I'll, you can get a lot out of a quote. One of those top skills and capabilities that I think really align with the kind of work that I want to do. And then when you're listing out your job, because people still do that, it's, I usually put the title, a little one short sentence that summarizes what I did there or what the person did. Yes. And then I put three to four bullets. Now the bullets follow a certain format. I make sure that people write down the three bullets should be, what is the, you know, what are the, I ask them usually like, what are the, th- the couple of things you are the most proud of accomplishing while you work there? So I get them to kind of think through that. And then I have them write it out in the bullet format of what is the opportunity or challenge that you spotted? Like you showed up on the job and you saw this is something potential that could change or this is something that needs to get fixed. What did you do about it? And then how did you see that that was useful? What was the impact that you had? And you still keep it in a one sentence bullet format, but you just you tell a mini story. And then what happens is instead of the resume just being this history of where you worked, and events. It's literally this story of this is what happens when you get hired and you're on the job. This is how the world changes. And it it just stands out a lot more than I worked here, I ran this, I managed this. And I'm like, I don't know if you sucked at it. Yeah. But if I hear, wow, w- within three months you showed up on the job, you identify that there was a lot of inefficiencies and overlap. You created a new process. And at the end, the end of that, it reduced, you know, um, budget by, you know, 10% or it just increased employee morale or several customers, um, you know, started to refer people because they were so impressed with it. It's not always something measurable was the impact, but what told you it was worthwhile doing that? What told you, why was that something that stuck out as something you were proud of? There was something that happened because of it. Like, how do you highlight that in your resume? That is such a good point, because essentially
0: that turns your relating the details of the job that you did not into a a way of marking time. I sat at this desk for 12 years before I moved on to the next desk. But you're essentially, you're crafting a story similar to the way the, the, similar to the Boy Scouts of America creed, always leave a campsite cleaner than when you found it. Like, what state was it in when you walked in? What needs did you see?
1: How did you improve it? And how great was it? the situation when you walk down. Yeah, and I, you know what I love is the reason why I ask people, like, what are the things that you are the most proud of uh, or that you enjoyed the most, and then if you write the bullet points based on that, you increase the chances that people hire you for the work that you want to do, even if it's in the same, you know, let's say I use accounting as the example, let's say you're in accounting, but if you just listed all the things that you were responsible for, um, you you may end up getting work that you absolutely hate. <laughs> like you know I've got a lot of work that I have to do That, that I would hope to, to all heaven That like someone didn't e- ever hire me to do
0: that again Right, so if it's something that you don't want to do again You do not have to mention it I just did this for a friend who is talking about revamping her resume And she is, she's a whiz at a very specific kind of uh, standards procedure, Standard operating procedure development, SOP development um, She's so good at it She hates it. She's done with it. She never wants to do it again. So even though that's been a part of every job that she's had, she leaves it off her resume because she's not interested in it.
1: (laughs) No, I I mean, I think that's great. And, you know, that that reminds me of something else is because you you mentioned you've got friends who are kind of changing careers drastically. And, you know, I I talked to a lot of people who are in that state. And they're like, I want to change a career, but I also don't want to start at the bottom, Yeah. Um, but I want to shift. Now, some of it you have to have a healthy respect for. If you're going into something completely new, you may have to start at the beginning somewhere. But if you've got, you know, I've got friends who are in their, you know, 40s, early 50s, and they're doing their kind of career change, late 30s. And I'm like, you don't actually have to start at the bottom. You can do this a lot of different ways. When I got out of the military, I spent four years being a Russian linguist. And it, that sounds cool now. But when I got out, it was like bakeries and um, an apartment manager was like the only job I could get that required huh. any kind of Russian. And now I think it would be like probably a different different ball game. But when I got out, <laughs> right. I didn't actually, on my resume, I didn't put a whole lot about my linguistic job. But I put a ton about my management experience, and I you know, I went into completely different fields off of being a people manager, and I think people overlook that. If you've done management of any kind, you can transition into a lot of different industries, a lot of different jobs. Through that, I'm a strong people manager. Now you have to be a good people manager to be able to do that because – If you don't have the functional expertise, but you're a quick learner and you know how to get kind of teams up and moving and strategic, it's a great way to make transitions. And so what I do sometimes for those people is let's make a resume that emphasizes your leadership skills and experience and downplays necessarily and maybe even shows you've gone to different areas and different teams and how you've managed to kind of get things up and going so that you can branch off into another industry without having to necessarily start from the very, very bottom.
0: Right. And the storytelling opportunity on your resume is how you leverage and apply those skills, even though they were in a slightly different context, into the context that you want to be in. You're painting yourself into the picture that you want to be in.
1: Yeah, I think that that goes back to um, that was a hard lesson for me coming out of the military. And I think a lot of vets um, have that challenge, too, is, you know, you're half the stuff in the military is acronyms. And that's not the only time, you know, there's other jobs that have a lot of heavy acronyms that just don't translate. But the military is just chock full of them and you know how does a how does someone who you know was out there dealing with artillery you know go like hey i'd be great at your office and um but there's transferable skills and i think that's something that people kind of miss is one of those transferable skills and i like i like people to actually i'll say like imagine yourself when you were like seven or eight years old what what were you up to and i have a friend who she does office management she's like i was literally playing files and paperwork like i loved organizing (laughs) paperwork and I'm like, you know what I was doing? I was on the dodgeball court trying to get everybody to, to, like, get along and play well with each other. And I'm, you know, here I am coaching and I do mediation and all that kind of stuff. So I think there's a pureness to when you were a kid that you naturally were attracted to stuff that it may not be blatant. Like, I've got one person who, you know, they just um, loved playing sports. Like, well, maybe what you love to do is, you know, something physical, something tactical or just organized and, and and strategic. but There's a lot of different things that can happen. And then, if like, say you love sports. I'll ask, why did you love it? What did you love about it? I'm looking for how your brain works, the way okay. your brain solves problems. That's a transferable skill that no matter where I put you, these are the things that will probably show up. This is how you show up and get stuff done right? Yeah. Is it the teamwork?
0: Then we draw out the teamwork part of the profile of uh, of your resume and we, we highlight that. Is it the competition? Great. Then yeah. we'll start highlighting where that shows up in the work that you've done. Absolutely. It's really important that a resume feels at least a little bit personal and that you can tell a little bit about the personality of the person who's reflected in that CV.
1: I, and I would say, let's let push it. It's not just a little bit. I mean, you have to keep it the right tone. I mean, that's even something to bring up. Like, the tone of where you're applying. If you're doing something where you're going into a video game company, then it shouldn't look like this kind of old staunchy kind of traditional resume. They're going to look for something that has a little bit more edge, a little bit more creativity, play with what the look and feel of it's like. If you're, and also think about the nature of your job. If your job is a graphic designer, you're going to have to have a little bit more of a visual resume. If your job uh, that you're applying for is, um you know, legal assistant, then, you know what, they probably want to see something that's professional and well edited and something that they go, okay, you, if you represented us, we could trust that. Right. So, you know, it, you once like, again, it's a marketing piece. It's not just a history ledger of where you worked.
0: Right. And it is, that's a great point and a really good analogy. It's the same way you would decide what you're going to wear to the first interview? Where are you showing up? Where is this going? Is this going to a video game company? Is this going to a law office? The the way you dress for those two interviews is going to be different. The way your resume shows up for those two interviews should be different too.
1: Yeah. And I, you know, I've had times uh, before, you know, before when I was applying for jobs. So yeah. So for every job I applied for, I always had like, like a few resumes that I would go off of and I would just Each job, I would add or emphasize the bullet or the pieces or the words that really spoke to that job. All authentic, all real, but just it's this idea of packaging. And there's a difference between being dishonest or being manipulative. That means you're withholding information or changing it to get what you want, regardless of whether the other person uh, benefits or not. But I think in terms of influencing, it's packaging what you're trying to convey to them and speaking their language so that they hear it.
0: Right. That's uh. That's an excellent point. It is bringing to mind something that I am itching to talk about in future episodes, which is the analogies between uh, showing up for a first job interview and showing up for a first date. There are so many parallels in our current working world. Uh, The the way the workplace looks now and kind of the interpersonal nature and personal branding ideals that uh, the newest generation in the workforce has kind of brought in uh, have really ushered in a new era of dating your job. Uh, and I'm itching to talk about how you show up on that first interview and how you broach those, uh, those communication barriers. But we're going to leave that there for another episode. That's a little teaser. Um, so anything else that's uh, that's yes. on your mind before we say goodbye to the good people uh, for the next episode? I,
1: I would say um, don't be so afraid and intimidated by the resume. There's just a lot of people that feel intimidated by it. And I say, you know, go in there and, Uh, There's so many programs and apps now that help you kind of format it, but the first pass, just like get yourself on the page and then you can figure out how to edit it or find a service that'll do that. But it's, you know, you want something authentic that like they, people feel a sense of who you are on it.
0: Absolutely. I'd say if you don't have access to somebody who really loves to do resumes as well, just kind of piggybacking on your point, find a friend that has worked with you previously and run that path, even if it's just the section where the two of you work together at a similar job and have uh, him or her tell you, oh, no, you are underselling yourself here. You did way more than that. Listen to their feedback and get comfortable bragging on yourself.
1: Yeah. And you know what? I'll I'll say that because it's going to show up in the interview one, too. It's it's, it's, it's not, it's not bragging. It's educating them on the realities of who you are. Cause you're not saying you're better than anybody else.
0: Yeah. You're just
1: saying, like, if I were to say, if I showed you my fingerprint, I'd like, look at this. No one else has this fingerprint. You wouldn't go look at you bragging. Oh, I got a unique fingerprint. Everybody does. That's true. So I'm not bragging. I'm just calling out my, my talent fingerprint. This is what I'm uniquely suited for, which means I suck at a whole bunch of other stuff. Don't hire me for it. But this stuff, <laughs> this is going to be worth your money.
0: I love that. That is a really nice, low stakes way of reframing that that kind of gets people a little bit more comfortable about the idea of talking about what they do. Oh, I can't wait for, okay. Well, now I'm excited for that episode too. We got so many. Episodes. Yes. We got, yes, we I can't got wait. content banked for days. <laughs> Watch out. in the meantime if there's something that we're not talking about yet that you want to hear us talk about we want to hear from you so if you have a question about anything we've covered uh, a story that relates to something we've talked about may- maybe you want to share a resume woe or a resume success story let us know uh contact us uh, via tweet at lmtp consulting message us on instagram low man on the totem pole all one word run together or email us at LMTPpodcast at gmail.com. Thank you so much for joining us. We'll see you in two weeks with another episode of Low Man on the Totem Pole. Bye. Bye.
1: I love it and I, I and I'll talk a little bit about I can talk about inter let's let's do interviews and resumes. I think that's a good topic. Interviews and resumes. That is perfect.
0: Okay, good.